Welcome to the Soul Church Sunday Service Podcast. Well, we're going to carry on in our RBT 12 Minor Prophets uh, talks. And uh, so tonight we're going to look at Joel chapter 2. Let me read just a couple of those verses to you. We really believe that God can speak to you right now. That's why we're here, that's the whole point. And uh, I'm going to read these passages and then ask God to talk to you. Here we go. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, please would you speak right now. Lord, help me. Lord, help me give me the words to say. But Lord, more than that, we pray, Lord, that you would cut through people's hearts, Lord. And through the, the distractions and the doubts, Lord, that you would speak and you'd be real, Lord Jesus. Those who don't know you especially, Lord, talk to them now, we pray. In your name. Amen. Amen. When it feels like the storm clouds are gathering, when all hell is breaking loose, when the going gets tough, what are you going to do? The world tells us that when the going gets tough, that the tough get going. Is that song, isn't there? Apparently. Or is a, a really common phrase that it's all over Instagram at the moment, isn't there? This too shall pass, isn't it? When you go through a hard time, people tell you, well, this too shall pass. Things will get better. Everything's going to be okay. But the definition of insanity is doing the same thing the same way and expecting a different outcome. You've tried running your life your way, listening to your heart, staying true to yourself, and it's crap, isn't it? You're a mess. Whether everyone can tell you're a mess, or it's only you on your own at night that knows you're a mess. The people of Judah, who Joel's writing to, in the part of the ancient church, and, and they're doing things their way. They're rebelling against God, running away from him, turning to other gods and idols, doing wicked, terrible things, and they are in a mess. It's like hell on earth. And God is sending them warnings. He's giving them a taste of judgment to save them from a worse eternal judgment. And the Bible says that's what's going on in your life too. Does Joel, the preacher, sent by God, tell the people, hang in there, things will get better, that tough times don't last, but tough people do, that this too shall pass? No. Joel's message is clear. You think this is bad? With the plague of locusts and the floods and the drought and the famine, you think this is bad? It's going to get a lot worse unless you repent. That this too shall pass, or things should only get better sentiments, are actually cruel lies and empty words straight from the pit of hell. The devil and the world and our own hearts lie to us. 
We, want to believe, we don't want to believe or we don't want to admit that, that it's us. That we have destroyed our lives. We have destroyed our families, our relationships, our health. Even though all you've done is run away from God and rebel against God and rebel against his loving rule. All we've done is rejected his way of life. And yet we don't seem to think that that's why we're dead on the inside. Now that doesn't sound like good news, does it? No, I know, I can see some of your faces. But the message is clear. Actually, you're in trouble. But the good news is you don't have to keep, don't, you don't have to carry on. You don't have to carry on running away from the one who can rescue you. You can run to the one who can rescue you. When you feel the clouds of judgment, when, when the buzz of the locusts, as it were, is driving you mad, and everything good in your life is being eaten away, don't despair. Shelter in Jesus. Run to Jesus even now. After all you've done, after the years of stubbornness and sin, return to me, says the Lord. Return to me with all your heart, with weeping and with mourning. Even now. If you can see and feel that you're the source of your problems, that it's your sin that has brought you under God's judgment, then repentance means you are moved by your needs for rescue. Turning from your sin and rebellion and looking for mercy you know you don't deserve. Running to Jesus for that mercy. That's what it means to turn around. And God's saying, run to Jesus and rip open your heart, not your clothes. Rend your heart, not your garments. Then that was a thing, isn't it? That was a thing back in the day, even more so, but to to, to tear your clothes, isn't it? When you're in in bitter grief or in in anguish, to to rip open your clothes, isn't it? You you picture like cartoons, can't you? When, you When the hero's like girlfriend dies and they sort of ah, and tear their shirt isn't it and in anguish their, or their tunic and there are, there are two ways this works the first one we've already touched on it a little bit is that, it, that you are genuinely in such turmoil that you just tear your clothes I remember when um, I was in hospital uh, with kidney stones the second time. And I, I was in such a state. I was in such a state that I was in so much agony that as I was waiting for the doctor to see me and waiting for the drugs to kick in, that I was twisting and wringing out my T-shirt. I was just sort of twisting it up and, and wringing and squirming in total despair and agony. That's the thing, isn't it? It was what happens. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're tearing your clothes because you don't know what else to do. You're actually in despair. But this passage tells us that we don't need to despair. Don't just tear open your clothes in anguish. Open your heart to Jesus. You're sick, but go to the Saviour for healing and for help. It's bad, 
It could get worse, but there is someone to go through, go for. Go, there is someone to go to for relief. There's one who can turn your living hell into heaven. Don't despair. If that's you, if that's where you're at in life and you just see the clouds coming, you just think, I, I can't get out of this. I, I, I've dug myself a hole and I can't get out. And don't despair. Turn to Jesus for help. Because he will help. Secondly, another way people used to tear their clothes as, as like a, a performative act. Putting on a show. They wanted to show that they were in grief. That, that they wanted to show it that not only that they felt that way, but uh, not because they really like, they were so desperate and so upset that they just sort of did it, but they did it because that's what was expected of them. It was a show. When God says, rend your hearts, not your garments, he means he's not interested in those performative acts. He's, he doesn't want you to try and prove it. He doesn't want you to put on a show to make a display of it. What he wants... Is sincerity of heart. He wants you to tear open your heart to be truly affected by your need for him, your need for repentance. Not, not go through the motions, not do what you think is required of you, but be sincere. Being sincere. Sometimes we can go through the motions, can't we? We can say the prayers, we can whatever, but we don't really mean it. We're just going through the motions. Spurgeon. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, it's a really funny name, isn't it? He, uh, he, he was basically um, a Victorian preacher, he's a real hero of mine, he had an amazing beard, he used to smoke cigars every night and drink port every night. He also died of gout, so maybe, but anyway. And uh, he once had a woman at one of his meetings, and it was a, hey Paul, come here, mate, grab a seat. Good mate, we're in the middle of it, so just sit down. Nice one. Had this woman come into his meeting, and uh, she was like just wailing and crying and making a fuss about being a sinner. Really making over the top performance out of it. And Spurgeon, being a, a veteran pastor, you could sort of see through a little bit. And he doubted her sincerity. It seemed like a performance to him. So he sat her down and offered to go through her the Ten Commandments. So that she could say where she'd broken them. To help her repent and help her to pray. She, was in, she seemed like in such distress. Let me go through this with you. Let me help you. So he went through each one. Uh, but she hadn't broken the first one, she said. She didn't think she'd broken the second one. In fact, when he got to the end, she hadn't said, yes, I've broken that to any of them. And as Spurgeon suspected, she didn't really think she was a sinner wasn't sincere she was just making a show of it and he, he asked her why she was making such a fuss and she says because she thought that's what was expected of her she wanted to fit in but you see God doesn't want half-hearted insincere performances he doesn't want praying of prayers he doesn't want tears in your eyes none of that will convince God, if you don't really think that you need saving, if you don't really think you need saving, then there is no saving you from yourself. 
until you do. I once heard a minister say, uh, it's not until Jesus is all you have that you realise Jesus is all you need. And he was mainly talking about being content and happy in the Christian life and being content with what God's given you. But it's undoubtedly true as well in terms of making you right with God. While you can cling to your own performances, your own good works, put you on a show, your own self-denial, your own self-righteousness, you won't find that grace and that mercy that you need. You won't. But once you realise that you cannot save yourself, that you have no hope, that Jesus is your only hope, that his life, his death, his resurrection is the only thing that can make you right with God, that you've got nothing that God wants, that you don't deserve any good things from God, that only Jesus is the thing that can save you from hell and from this living hell here and now. See, often we, the reason we continue in our stubbornness or, or we just despair that I'm in a hole I can't get out or that hard-hearted put on a show but not really let it get deep inside is because we believe lies about God. We deep down know we're a mess. We know we deserve judgment. We know we've got it, we've got it coming. But because we doubt God's mercy, we're afraid to admit the truth. Is that you? You can't let it slip. You've got to say, no, you've got to, oh, I'm a good person. I'm, 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 I'm a religious person. We're afraid to admit the truth. Or, because we doubt his mercy, we run away from him in despair rather than running to him for help. But Joel reminds us of this. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. He gives us kindness we don't deserve. He shows us mercy. He is slow to anger and abounding in love. The truth is, my kids, on the whole, fear my wrath. When they've made a mess, when they've broken something they shouldn't have, rather than coming to me to help fix it, more often than not, they try and hide it. Don't you girls? They try and cover it up, try and fix it, you know, put the sofa cushions over it so they can't tell that they spilt my beaner on it. You know, or they try and fix it themselves, try and get the clear stuff out of the cupboard. Bleach and the sofa do not mix. And they make it ten times worse. And the truth is, I am a poor dad who gets too angry too quickly. So I understand why my kids sometimes doubt my desire to show them kindness and help and mercy when they need it. I get that. It's not their fault, always. But on a good day, even I just long to help them. And I'm not really angry about what they've done. I'm angry about the fact they haven't come to me and asked for help. And then they've made it worse by not doing that. How much more our perfect heavenly 
Father. Who we hear in this passage is slow to anger and abounding in love. The Bible says that God does not treat us as our sins deserve. We think if we come to God, he's going to smash us. If we admit our wrong, then he is going to destroy us. Just like my girls who've made a mess in the living room and the evidence is all over their hands. They think they can hide it. They think they can pretend it wasn't them. I can see through it. And it's a, it's a laugh, isn't it? It's a joke. And one, you know, as a dad, you're like, are you, are you serious? What do you mean it wasn't you? <laughs> and we do that to God, don't we? But God just wants us to run to him, not away from him. Don't cover up your sin and your shame. Don't try and fix it up by being self-righteous. Thinking that the, 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 misp- the moved and replaced cushion on the sofa of, of religion will hide the stain and shame of your sin. Run to him. Rip open your heart to him. Let his light shine into the darkness. Let him get all the way inside, deep inside, in all the raw bits, in the bits that you hide from everyone. Run to him and rend your heart and let the mercy of Christ renew you and give you life. God loves you so much. Just like a parent who wants to give their children a warning across the bow, isn't it? I'm sure, I, I, know, I can look at it Noah here. I know that Noah often has a warning. Noah, stop that. Because Andy loves him and wants him to listen and doesn't really want to smash him <laughs> and tell him off. He wants him to listen, isn't it? And God doesn't want to condemn you to hell, the Bible says. He doesn't desire that anyone should perish. And if your life feels like it's been eaten by locusts, that everything good is being eaten away, that things are falling apart, it's because God is letting you feel the consequence of your sin. He wants you to run to him, to repent, to open up your heart to him before it's too late, before even worse, judgment comes. Run to him. Rip open your heart. And let his mercy and grace, his abounding love, his overflowing love, fill you and change you and transform you. When we doubt that God will receive us, when we doubt that he will forgive our sin, that even we've done it, another this, not again, I know I said never again, I've done it again, Lord. We don't look to ourselves and our performance, how many times we've been to church, how good of a person I've been, how I've helped my family or given to charity, none of that. We look to Jesus and what he's done on the cross. He has died. And he's died for your sin. But he's risen again and he lives forever in heaven. We look to Jesus and we see God's love and mercy for us. We see there is life in him for each one of us. Don't put on a performance. Don't despair. 
come to Jesus and open your heart to him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you pour out your love for us at the cross of Christ. Father, we thank you that you, Lord, are slow to anger. You don't treat us as our sin deserve. You're not waiting to smash us into pieces. But you're lovingly disciplining us that we might come to you. Father, everyone here, Lord, who feels like life is tough, that the storm clouds are gathering, that everything's going wrong, or that they've listened to your voice and turned to you. They'd stop trying to do the same things the same way. Stop trying to cover up and hide from you. But they'd come to you, Lord, as they are, and open their hearts to you, Lord, that they receive Jesus and be saved. Lord, please add them to our church family. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Stand and we're going to sing Man of Sorrows. Thank you for joining us for the Soul Church Sunday podcast. We hope it helped you and blessed you. We'd love to see you on a Sunday, 6pm in Neath Town Hall.